0: This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. Amazingly, a new front line in the battle against hate is the online gaming community. While there are certainly positive aspects to online gaming, and it has helped so many get through the difficulty of the pandemic, There is, unfortunately, a darker side. And we're not talking here about an obscure practice carried out by a small number of people. Online games are mainstream culture played regularly by 64% of American adults and estimated to generate $175 billion this year and rising quickly as the pandemic continues. This is why ADL decided to embark on a study entitled Hate is No Game, Harassment and Positive Social Experiences in Online Games 2021. It was carried out by ADL Center for Technology and Society and released last week. Here with me today to discuss this report and its findings is the director of the Center, Dave Sifri. Welcome, Dave, to... From the front lines.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Scott.
0: So let's quickly get to the bottom line and then unpack it. How bad is harassment in online
1: gaming platforms? Games are really used a lot for positive play, but unfortunately, in the world of massively multiplayer online games, so games that you may have heard of like Fortnite or League of Legends or Dota and the like, that five out of six adults, 83%, experienced harassment in those games in the last six months, and three out of five young people, 60 percent, age 13 to 17, experienced harassment in the last six months alone.
0: Well, oh, that's huge. Um, and I, I know that you broke this out in terms of harassment of, of teens and harassment of adults, um, and also that this, this survey of teens was not done before. So tell us a little bit about how that breaks down
1: that's right we've been doing this survey methodology now for three years and this year uh, along with our partner new Zoo, we actually looked at a representative sample of american teens aged 13 to 17 we also spoke with their parents as well and we wanted to look at what's going on in that particular subculture because there's so much gaming activity that occurs and you know some of the results really were surprising and disheartening. So, first of all, we found that 10 um, percent of young people aged 13 to 17 reported being exposed to discussions in these games around white supremacist ideology. In other words, the belief that white people are superior to people of other races and that white people should be in charge, that 10 percent, one in 10 and also 8 percent of adults were exposed to this, usually over voice chat because you're sitting there in the game playing with a team or competing and it's coming in through your headphones.
0: But how else does this look? Are there uh, attacks on people's ethnicity, um, misinformation? What, what, what other aspects are
1: there? 71% of adults reported severe abuse, which includes physical threats, stalking and sustained harassment. Uh, so you know, again, over, you know, on voice chat, um, and we also saw, you know, the largest number of people who uh, reported harassment were women at 49 percent, black or African-Americans at 42 percent, and Asian-Americans 38 uh, percent this year. Uh, and so, you know, it's really important to recognize that this is happening across the board. Um, and in particular, we're seeing that uh, adult LGBTQ plus players Also, we're experiencing 38 percent in identity uh, uh, reported identity based harassment.
0: These numbers are huge. And interestingly enough, it, it sort of sounds similar to the types of findings that your Center for Technology and Society have released in recent years about social media. And we hear a lot about social media and the need to regulate it, but I don't think I'm hearing about the need to regulate the online gaming industry. Why is that?
1: I think it's actually just a, a matter of scale. I mean, you're talking about people in the billions who are using Facebook and Twitter and Reddit and YouTube and the like and, you know, the world of online games. While by revenue it's actually larger than the music and the movie industries combined, it still sits somewhat in the shadow of its larger cousins. And it's actually our hope here that the gaming industry can do something about this toxicity soon so that they can avoid the toxicity that we see on social media.
0: Is the situation getting worse? You said you did the the adult version for a few years now.
1: In some cases it's gotten worse and in other cases it's stayed about the same but it's certainly not getting better.
0: Okay, so what does ADL recommend? What for example, what should parents be doing?
1: Great question. So, in fact, when we talked to both parents and teens, what we found was that only 40% of parents have actually had substantial conversations with their children about the kind of safety, the actions that they could use. So there's all sorts of uh, ways to be able to block people from being able to contact you in games, Um, or even just to know who your kids are playing with. Because very often in these games, you could be having a 13 or 14 year old teenager playing on the same team or against someone else who is 35 or 40 years old. And so developmentally, they're in very different places. So we recommend that parents, grandparents, talk to your kids, talk to your grandchildren about who do you even know these people and making sure that you're having a conversation about what they're experiencing and how they can respond when someone might harass them. I think
0: most parents would say that their assumption is that their kids are playing with other kids that
1: they know. This is why we really recommend having a conversation. Uh, Very often you can even see the names of the uh, of the players who you're interacting with and if you see the name or an online ID of someone who you can't recognize, your child doesn't know who they are, uh, might be an important thing to talk to them about it and maybe even block those other players.
0: This is a broader issue than just the parents, though. What steps should the gaming industry be taking to curb harassment?
1: Absolutely. So in 2020, ADL and the Fair Play Alliance, which is an alliance of about 70 different uh, gaming studios, released a disruption in harms and online gaming framework. And it's really about helping the industry better define and address hate and harassment. So we recommend that people start using this framework in terms of the games that they build and the way that they report. And for civil society, um, that we should be partnering with, um, you know, looking at how this affects vulnerable communities. Uh, In particular, folks who are marginalized or on the edges of society tend to be harassed more. And so very, very important to be advocating for, uh, you know, people who are, you know, non-male identifying, people of color, LGBTQ plus populations, and again, advocating for greater accessibility in games uh, for these folks and for disabled players as well.
0: And what about legislation? In social media, we talk about reforming Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Is there legislation that you recommend enacting or reforming in this instance?
1: That's a great question. I mean, I think actually many of the same questions around Section 230 and and other forms of regulation of social media apply to the gaming platforms themselves. Um, We really also uh, recommend that the, the government compel the games industry to release regular standardized transparency reports that provide meaningful information on online hate and harassment. And this kind of data can then be used to actually build effective policy solutions.
0: All right. The title of this report says that it's not just about harassment, but also about the positive social experiences of online gaming. Let's end the show with good news. What are those positive aspects?
1: Oh, well, over 99 percent of our respondents talked about the fun, the camaraderie, the, the teamwork, the skill, and just overall the escape and joy of being able to play games and play games online there's a tremendous positive enhancement here especially as people have been held back from talking to each other or meeting each other due to the pandemic and the world of online games and friendly competition has really shown and our survey shows it a tremendous amount of positive benefit and constructive social benefit for people but we just need to be aware of the dark side as well and make sure that we're talking to our kids about
0: it. And where can people find this report?
1: So you can go to adl.org slash game.
0: Great. I will put that link in the show notes so that people can easily access it. And with that, I will say thank you so much, Dave, not not only for being on the show, but also for this incredibly important work you're doing. Thank you so much, Scott. And of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in too From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM, or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines.